Everybody, welcome to the Buck and Dex podcast. My name is Buck. Uh, I'm Gary. You're not Dex. No, I'm not Dex. I thought we already did this part. We well, we had to re- we had to start over because I didn't have our levels checked, and uh, I've got our levels checked. We're checked, checked, and I I, I can't uh, I can't put out a inferior quality podcast. No, it's impossible. I apologize. So I just tried to call Dex. I, let, let me just first start off by saying I, I posted something on social media a day before yesterday, and when I was uh, I was doing a fill-in show on KKOB on the talk station, and I listed our topics, and somebody asked the question, maybe you can talk about why you and Dex abandoned us after starting this podcast and getting us all worked up about it. Let me be very clear about something. Nobody's abandoned, okay? We have not abandoned you at all. We're all in this together. <laughs> I'm so fucking sick of hearing that. No, but we're all in... It's, all- it's bullshit. We're not all in this we're in together. We're in this together alone. No, no, we're not. Yes, we're in this together alone. Um, the month of July, we did not release an episode of the podcast. My sincerest apologies to everybody. If you are caught up, uh, I know a lot of people were catching up, and now from what I'm hearing, everybody, they're caught up, and they want more episodes. So, uh, But I've been so busy with work, <clears throat> with real estate stuff, that I've just been absolutely inundated with work and I haven't had time to do the show. And for that, I apologize. Please forgive me. Uh, Gary was kind enough to join us for this episode of the podcast in Dex's stead. And Dex is up in Montana trying to get eaten by a mountain lion or a grizzly bear or something. I, I don't know what, what he's doing up there. He's on an American walkabout. What what is an American walkabout where consist you, of? Well, most Americans, it'd be like you walked outside the city and were like, oh, crap, that's nature, and turn around and come back. But Dex is like, he's from Montana, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. So he's apparently like running through rivers every day, picking up rocks and seeing if it speaks to him. I don't know. He's trying to find himself. He's and, getting uh, all crunchy up there? Right. The yeah. other day, he looked in a river. He saw his reflection. Do you think he's wearing a lot of turquoise by now? I don't, I don't think he's wearing a lot of turquoise. I think he's actually probably transitioning more into like wearing the attire from Yellowstone. Okay. Like right. if he could look like Rip, you know. From I think, Yellowstone? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, his game would go through the roof at least. Yeah, he's not ever going to look like Rip. Well, he's just got to wear a hat so people don't know he's bald. <laughs> I will say. Yes. I will say the other day, uh, for the third time, someone who also knows Dex was like, do you know Dex? Because your friend, you know, your brother-in-law is Aaron. I was like, yeah, I, I know Dex. And then they're like, he has the most amazing eyes. Dex does? Apparently, he has the most, he's the third person that said he has the most <clears throat> amazing eyes. He does have uh, sparkly blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> would you go so far as to call him dreamy? I would say it's dreamy. I would say it's dreamy. Um, I've only looked him in the eyes like twice, and I've gotten lost in it both times. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So Dex has dreamy eyes. I've been really super busy with work. Uh, everything's kind of mellowed for me now. And, and the other thing too, is I had fully intended to start doing some stuff. I thought work was going to slow down in July a little bit, but then I had the opportunity to go on a trip, uh, a bucket list trip. I don't want to hear about it. And I ended up going to whale pass, Alaska. I invited you. You did. You did. I couldn't go. I was even going to like 
plop down part of the money for your trip. That's how badly I wanted you to go. I know, I know. And why didn't you go? Uh, my mom was coming into town, and apparently if I uh, leave my mom and my wife together, World War Three breaks out, and I get castrated in the end. So Okay. Yeah, so, um, and that lasted through the 19th. So, I, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry we didn't record the podcast. Please forgive us. We have stuff coming, and... Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be back to normal very soon. So, but I just did just try to call Dex uh, twice, and he did not answer the phone. I sent him a text message and said, "Hey, answer the phone," and then he quickly responded with a text message that said, "Dealing with family issues, can't talk. Sorry, man." We all got him. That's your Dex check in right there. <clears throat> so, have you been? I've been good. I've been good. I'm so bored. But. You're, uh, if, if you guys don't know, Geary is my brother-in-law. He's retired from the Army. How old are you? I'm 33. 33 years old. Retired from the Army. Medically retired, right? Yes, sir. And currently, you are a history student. Is that correct? Yes. At UNM. Yep. You're getting your master's. Yep. And then you're going to get your PhD. Hopefully. Your FUD. I mean, I still have, they still have a year to decide if I'm retarded or not. But I don't think you can say that. I just said it. Okay. Retarded. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're going to get your PhD, and uh, you're going to be a history professor? Hopefully. Hopefully. What does school look like for you guys going back during this whole COVID thing? Like, what is what is UNM telling you? Well, just like most places, it's uh, it's trying to come up with a plan and adjust quickly. You know, every day something changes, and or the state comes out with a new mandate, or whatever it is. And so... UNM has been working probably really hard at being able to accommodate students and still meet all these safety requirements. So like currently, most of the classes are switching to online or at least uh, mostly online. Yeah. And I hate it. Yeah. Why? Well, I'm not. Well, you think you're a pretty decent student. You would like excel doing that from a distance, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're a decent student who can, you know, put away your distractors, yeah, you could probably do it from home. But I have four kids at home and a wife, and I have responsibilities. So, like, hey, you have a pregnant wife, and I have, yeah, I got a pregnant wife, four and a half kids. Yeah. She's only like three months in, and acting like it's nine months in. She's farther than three months in. Come on, I don't know, maybe five. No, she's like more. six or seven. I don't isn't know. She? I, I don't have no idea. Yeah, I don't pay attention. Anymore. She's 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 getting up there. When's the baby due? The baby's due November like 16th. Okay. So you have kids. You also have a 16-foot television screen in your house. I do. And you play Call of Duty on that, which is another distractor. You and I actually play that together. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about uh, Call of Duty here in a little bit, but we played with a guy last night that was the most annoying fucking person I have ever played with in my life. His head was so far up his ass and filled with narcissism that I'm pretty sure when he coughed, he farted. There was a guy that Gary and I, we, we play uh, the new Call of Duty. We play uh, Modern Warfare, and we usually play either multiplayer or we're playing this one thing called Plunder. And we had a match, I don't know, probably four or five days ago with this one guy. And he seriously sounded exactly like Jake Elwood from the Blues Brothers. Because you can see when the people come on, if they have a microphone, if they're wearing a microphone so you can communicate with each other. And... We saw that this guy had a microphone and we always start talking to them, you know, to see if we can draw them out into conversation and get them playing with us. A lot of times we have people that don't really speak good English. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't speak the Queen's English. And, uh, and this guy came on and he, and he says, just leave me alone and we'll be fine. We'll win. 
It's also important important to note that we're not actually very good. No. And we even tell people. No, Gary's good. He's actually good. I'm terrible. <laughs> well, thank you. But we tell everybody as they get in, we like say, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And you know, like, just so you know, we really suck at this game. Don't have high expectations. And this guy was like, well, can you at least kill things? We're like, sometimes. And he's like, well, could you at least collect money? Sometimes. sometimes. And he's like, just leave me alone. And I'll win. I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> he sounded exactly, I, I shit you not, he sounded exactly like Jake Elwood from the Blues Brothers. Surprisingly, we did not win. Yeah. So, But we'll talk more about that, and we'll talk about the guy that we played with um, the other night. So something I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> Where's the dad here? You need your glasses? No, I'm fine. Um... I found this story. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you like to constantly bust my balls about being an old man. Yeah. You and Dex. Yeah. And Dex is just as, he's just as old as I am. I mean, he's fucking over 40. So, you know, he's, he's on the downhill slope. Yeah. He's. Death is around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Death is knocking at his door. And I found this story. When you think about what is old, mm-hmm. what age do you say is old? Well, I mean, honestly, I would say that age is is a is a thought. Like, if you feel old, then you're going to start acting old, you know. But uh, if I had to put a you number, think it's on like it, a mindset. Yeah, like I I act old all the time. You do. You're the oldest young person I know. Yeah. You and another guy named Matt Myers. <laughs> I threw out my back hiccuping the other day. <laughs> I said, it's not even a lie. Like that actually happened. And I was on the ground yelling for a child of mine to come along and pick me up. And Chloe came with like the biggest look of disappointment on her face as she found me like in the hallway. Was she shaking her head? She was like, Dad, like come sl- on. Was she doing the slow shake? Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> she, no, she gave me the least Daddy. of Which is like, like, quit, quit faking it. No, you're not going to get any more drugs for this. And like, I need pain meds. But uh, I, would, I would say 50. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, according to a new survey, people over 65, you don't actually become old until you're 77. And even then, 90% say you're only as old as you feel. Boom. Nailed it. They only share the best things about getting old. Here are some of the top 10 things that people say are good about getting old. Do you have any ideas? Like, can you just throw out an idea? Like, what's good about getting old besides AARP discounts at like Denny's at six o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Cracker Barrel at seven. A.m. Cracker Barrel at seven a.m. Yeah. Uh, I would say that you stop giving a shit about being at places on time and you take your time. Okay, so that's actually you can kind of combine those for the one and two. One is having more free time, and number two is not feeling pressure to do anything that you don't want to. Right. Yeah. Um, number 10 is you don't always have to worry about the future because, well, yeah, you know, one. you're fucking dying. Number nine is what I think should be number one, all the discounts that you get. Yeah. You get a lot of discounts. Number eight, finding, have, finally having a clear idea of what's important in life. I still think but that so, seems like the, some old people don't do that. Yeah. What? Like you're already almost dead and you're finally figuring out what's important in life. Then you just have a clear understanding. So you were an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. You were an idiot for 70 years. Got it. Uh, This is probably totally going to be you wearing clothes for comfort and not style. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
When is that, like, at what age is that appropriate to start doing? I think when you're two, like, generations behind what's hip. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know? Um, I think I'll probably always wear the same thing until I die. I'm a jeans and t-shirt guy. You are. And you have, it's always like a cool graphic tee thing. Me, I'm more about like, does it have pockets? Like, I need pockets to hold things because I always find myself trying to like walk in the house holding 15 items. But if you have 10 pockets. I don't think I've ever seen you not wear cargo shorts. Yeah. I, it's, <clears throat> it's that or it's a flannel in winter. Yeah. I mean, or or you've, I've seen you in flannel in summer too. That's true. Yeah. Depends on, if, on the condition. Laundry day? Yeah, yeah. It was laundry. So if it's laundry day and my shorts and flannels are taken, I usually just go out in like boxers. Yeah. Uh, number four is finding pleasure in little things. And number three is grandchildren. Like, like your husband's penis. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I will be alive to see my grandchildren. I'm kind of hoping I will be. Yeah. I mean, I've got two daughters and two sons. I mean, I've got an older son, but I'm not betting on him having kids anytime soon. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, my oldest daughter's eight. Well, that's not, I mean, 10 years from now, she'll be 18. Don't fucking say that, man. I don't want to think about her being a mom at 18. I'm not saying that she'll be a mom at 18. I'm saying, you know, 10 years, she'll be 18, another four after college. So you give it two, four more years after that. When she, by the time that, you know, comes around, she'll be settled down. Maybe thinking of having kids. I think you'll see one or two. Well, at least you I mean, at least you're not those people that you see at the park. It's like, oh, is that your grandson? They're like, no, that's my 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 son. Dude, that happens to me. How old are you? I'm 69. How old's that kid? I'm four. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, you know, get my career in order before I started banging people. You know, <laughs> it's always funny when I go somewhere and I'm like with Cash or Sophie, and you know, I've got to take him to the dentist or something or whatever it is. And they're like, do you want to go in with your grandson? And I'm like, that's my fucking child. That is my son. That is my daughter. My beard is only white because my family stresses me out. I'm not that old. That's right. I am not that old. And then they hand you a form to sign and you whip out your glasses to read it. You know, he's busting my balls because I pulled out my iPad to like look at some stuff and I had to like draw back for a second. <laughs> yeah, there's a and he's like, do you need your glasses? And I'm like, go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. So you said that's for a, a survey of people that were 65? Um, let me see. Because that would make sense why they say like, well, 73 is now old. Well, yeah, yeah because you're 60 to, fucking According five. to a new survey of people over 65, right. you don't actually become old until you're 70. Uh-huh. I've seen some pretty cool older people, man, you know, in their 60s. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there's some people in their 60s or 70s that, like, are in wicked shape. I've got a friend named Mark, and he's in the record business. He is the closest thing to James Bond that I've ever met in my life. You mentioned him, yeah. Yeah, I think he's probably, he's got to be 60, maybe, I don't know, or close to it. But if he is, I mean, he's a... He's a handsome man. He drives an Aston Martin. You know, he he's lives already in my pants. He lives in Bel Air. I mean, he's like he is the closest, and he is the coolest, the coolest old. He's the coolest oldest person that I know. Like, if I have to rank all of the people that I know that are older than I am, mm-hmm. he's the coolest older person that I know. Well, it's a smaller gene, you know, pool to choose from with people older than you. That's not true. That's eh, pretty true. No, not really. I'm I'm in my 40s, dude. 
for like 11 more months. That's right. <laughs> and for 11 months, damn it. 11 months, I will be in my 40s. Yeah, so in Colorado Springs, well, technically Manitou Springs, there's this thing called the incline, and it's just these railroad ties that go from like 7,000 feet all the way up to like 10,000 feet. In only Is it like, just like a giant set of steps? It's a giant set of steps, or you could just call it a stairway to hell. Because it's pain, like the whole way through it. And I used to be in pretty good shape. How far apart are the steps, the risers on it? Well, like foot. foot. Okay. So it's like a normal, basically a normal step, pretty much. Yeah. Some of them can be a little bit, and some of them get even steeper depending on the terrain. But, uh, you know, I used to be in pretty good shape. I used to do it all the time. And I thought like, I'm a master of this thing. And one time I was like halfway up, sweating bricks and just like sucking ass the whole way. And all of a sudden I hear like in the distance behind me, like, on your left. And I look like, who the fuck is talking? I look back and there's this like 70 year old lady in like tight, like track suit with her her walker sticks. Yeah, she's got her hair tied back like she's going into the ring. And she's just like, on your left, Sonny. (laughs) And I was like, yes, ma'am. I like, God, the way this lady like steamrolled it all the way up there. I get to the top, like crawling, like using my fingertips to continue on. She's like running in place. She's up there smoking a cigarette, just like taking in the mountain air. (laughs) And I'm just like, fuck you, lady. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm sure you've got some pretty good army stories. We were talking the other day about... uh, uh, we were just kind of hanging out, Gary and I, and we were talking about some some of our stories from the military. You know, we have uh, a mutual friend that I know through you, and his name is Jeff. Jeffrey. And he always loves when we talk about him on the podcast. He wants to, he works for an airline, and he wants to fly down here just to be on the podcast, but we're not allowing that to happen. Because yeah, then you just talk shit about me. But yeah, because then he's just going to come down here and gas bag it, and we don't want that right now. Right. So He couldn't but, even fit through the door. <laughs> he's gained like 400 pounds. He's, uh, he's, uh, he keeps talking about like releasing a photograph of you. Yes. Yes. He, he you, has you want to clear this up now and yes, talk I about do. this? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, I would love because to Because I, I, the, the way he's making it sound is that, you know... You did some extremely lewd act yeah. with, with an energy drink can in your anus. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, marijuana is a hell of a drug, you know. And it, and when, when taken in moderation, it's it's good. But when you when sometimes you haven't done the math right on what milligrams mean, and uh, you, you you come up with some pretty stupid ideas. And Jeffrey has been my friend since he came to my platoon. I used to be his platoon sergeant in the army. So you were his boss. I was his boss's boss's boss okay and um but uh he was just a really cool guy and especially for a private he was mature and all that stuff so we became friends and we both love amp energy drinks this is brought to you by amp energy drinks there by yeah that'll be 50 dollars, please yeah, amp 15 dollars. <laughs> and uh they had come out with a new like strawberry limeade one and i i had taken one too many edibles that that day and jeff was on How, well, okay all right slow down how many edibles did you take and how many milligrams were they? Uh, like five. We need to let the audience decide if you had too many. It was like five or six. Okay. It was probably like a total of like 60 milligrams. Okay. That's, yeah. that's a bit. Yeah, that's a bit. It's a bit. And, uh, you know, it's just because, for, you know, they, they take too long to kick in sometimes. And you're just like, well, it's not working. I'll take another. And, uh, but anywho... He was on CQ and he was bored. And I was telling him, I was like, oh, man, this new amp energy drink is the shit. It's so awesome. And it started with me saying something like, man, it's so good that I'd have sex with it. 
And Jeff said something like balls, which, I mean, if you don't know what that means, you know, it's just basically a dare. So I convinced my very, very awesome wife. She doesn't listen. It's okay. There's no way she'll ever hear this. I was like, hey, babe, I need you to take a picture of me with my pants down sitting on this amp can. So it looks like I have this amp up my ass to prove to Jeff that I, I literally am having sex with this amp. And she was like, how high are you right now? I was like, moderately high. No, I mean, totally normal stuff. I mean, I'm just blinking really fast for no reason. And uh, how, so, many, how many kids did you have at this point in your life? Two. Okay, so you had Brian and Chloe. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I had two. And she agreed to do this. Yeah, she did. She did. She agreed. Did you drop your pants? Yes, I did. I, so uh, you were bare-assed. Yes, I was bare-assed. Uh, it's from the backside, you know, it's a really classy photo. You don't see hole or anything like even my, you know, my, you didn't see the penetration of the can. No, yeah. it just looks like it's, it looks like it's there, but how it's much re- of the can is gone in the photograph? I three, because no, after wait, we release quarters this, would be wrong. after we release this, people are going to want to see the, they're photo. going to want to see the photo. Yeah. They're going to get to see my moles. So congratulations. <laughs> uh, oh, and my ass tattoo. That's going to be great. You're going to love that tattoo. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'd say it was about. A quarter of the way. It looked like it was a quarter of the way in there. But you were just like pressing flesh down on the can. Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of sitting on it. And Jeff to this day is like... Thinks that it was actually... I don't think he does. I think that he realizes that if he releases it, I'll be like super embarrassed. So like whenever I'll make fun of him to a point where he has no other ammunition to go to, he's like, I'll just show everybody the fucking photo of you, fucking can, and all this crap. And um, yeah. I mean, I think it would probably take some work to... Yeah, so if Jeff is listening, I, I dare you. Go ahead, no, share, share no. the photo. You know what? Don't you have a copy of it? I don't know. Maybe. Well, you could always get ahead of it. I mean, you know, this is the perfect political move. Right. When people have some kind of thing happen in politics, what they do is they always just, like, release it and get in front of it. Right. Like, if I run for governor and all of a sudden they're like, we have on good authority, that guy fucked an amp can. <laughs> And I'll be like, you got me. And then I have to come out with one of those $10 million like political commercials. Like, I'm Gary Denardi, and I approve this message. Yes, I did have sex with an amp can. Was it consensual? Probably not. <laughs> but I own it. I apologize to the people of New Mexico. Here's the thing. There are probably, not a lot, but a handful of people listening right now. Yes. That would say. All seven of them. That would say, Okay. Right? Who cares? Yeah, right. We've all been drunk. Your body, your choice. Right. Yeah, we've all made bad decisions. Right. Half my body's covered in scars from doing stupid stuff yeah. while I was drunk. We always make we all make bad decisions. Right. Everybody. We're not alone. Jeff, I'm sure Gary's got some stories about bad decisions that you've made. <laughs> uh no, actually believe it or not, Jeff is um he's a pretty straight shooter. He doesn't he has a, a better prefrontal cortex than I do. So that's the part of your brain where when you're thinking about doing something, it usually just tells you that's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. Mine doesn't work. You're ready, fire, aim. Yeah, right. I, I do it first and then afterwards evaluate if that was a smart choice or not. Like if I'm in the emergency room afterwards, bleeding everywhere, yeah. I'll probably say, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that again. When you're but, sitting there beat up, yeah, bloody right? in handcuffs, you're like, Penis yeah, is stuck in the idea. jacuzzi blower, like yeah. all those things. We've all been there. Yeah, but Jeffrey, Jeffrey, he's 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 more common sense human being than me. But uh, yeah, so I don't really have any bad stories of Jeffrey. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I just make fun of him a lot. I know about other. It's things. easy to. 
It's very easy to. Yeah. It, I mean, he's lived a a pretty good life, and now it's a pretty just you know sad life. Yeah. <laughs> why is it? So why does he have a sad life? <laughs> well, he's a fucking baggage loader at an airport. Uh, he's divorced. He lives in his basement. Like he lives in his own basement. Like that's even more. Why like, does he live in the basement? Well, that's where his video games and his, his stuff oh, okay. is, and his art stuff. And I'm pretty sure he keeps all his guns down there. All right, so enough about Jeffrey. We'll leave that alone. We'll see if he ever actually lives up to his threat of flying down here to do the podcast. I want to talk about some... I, I, I don't want to talk about any politics stuff. You know, it's really hard not to talk about coronavirus stuff right now just because it's really affected everybody so profoundly that it's hard not to talk about that. But I was trying to think of how we could incorporate something on the podcast today that's kind of similar to what's happening in coronavirus world that would be fun to talk about. And you had started telling a story once about your balls yes, and your mother yep, and Skype. Yep. And everybody has to do Zoom meetings these days. Like my kids are already back in school and they're doing Zoom classes but you were telling a story about your nutsack and your mom is a registered nurse. She lives in Connecticut. She's an RN. And why don't you tell us the story about that? Because it's fucking hilarious. So first of all, if my mom does listen to these things, cause you know, she tracks everything I do. Uh, I'm sorry, but I got to share it cause it's too good. So I was stationed in Germany and like, it was 06. I remember it because this happened the day before the World Cup, which was also taking place in Germany. And my company used to love to play this, the, like the nut tapping game. So like if you catch someone, you get them in the nuts. We did that in the Navy. We yeah. had speed handles. Like yeah. we had our tool pouches and we had speed handles to take out rivets. Yeah. And the speed handle is basically like it goes straight across, it goes down, it goes over, it comes up, and it goes over. So it's just like a speed handle that you can use like a ratchet. And people would walk around in the squadron with those, and you would get nut-tapped with those. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So I was pretty good at it. I, I had been nut-tapping people for a couple of days, and no one was With your hand? Get, with my hand. It's just, it was a, a The simple, back of your hand? Like yeah, a, the back a, knuckle right. nut-tap? It's not a full-on hit. It's, it's not You're not uppercut. punching somebody. It's not, you know, it's not like a, a George St. Pierre leg kick or nothing. Okay. It's just a regular old, hey, you know, how, how's your mother kind of little tap yeah. there. And um, I kept getting my buddy Derek Halbosch and this guy Jeremiah Grubb, uh, like, so many times and they were getting pissed and so they had apparently orchestrated that in formation when the first sergeant calls us to attention you know you're not supposed to move you're in attention yeah you have standard attention they were going to just deck me and luckily enough my cat-like reflexes blocked it in the formation but i knew it was coming but i didn't know that my first sergeant was going to get in on it <laughs> and so he called you know he released us from the formation and we're all hanging out the first sergeant went into the cellar where his office was and he's like looking through like a cellar window and he goes hey private denardi come on over here i go over there and i'm like i'm bent over i'm like my legs are fully extended but i'm bent over and he's like hey how's your how's your family how are things all he's like just Asking these stupid bullshit with well, you. I'm doing really good, First Sergeant. You know, my family's really proud of me and everything I'm doing in the army and all that. And out of nowhere, all I felt was my balls punch my eyeballs, <laughs> and I saw fucking stars, and I blacked out. 
So imagine the sensation of if like it was like if what someone. What did they hit you with a two by four? He fucking field goal kicked me. No way. Yes, field goal kicked. It was my buddy Hallock. She's like seven feet tall, all legs too. By the way, there was some serious physics at work when this foot. There was some geometry that was connected. happening with this, and he got all of it. He didn't miss any of it. Like none of my balls were off to the side. I mean, my tally whacker was like a dog that just got you know is whimpering. My tally whacker like curled up and made some noises and like curled inside and like cuddled up in my sack. I mean, it was bad. It receded back into your body? Right. It was gone. It was gone. The whole thing was gone. And uh, so I don't know how long I was passed out, but I, I came around. I was on the ground staring at this brick wall, and I couldn't breathe. Like It was literally like you don't realize that your balls are connected to your throat until that something like this happens. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. And I'm laying there just trying to figure out what to do next. And my the other guy, Jeremiah Grubb, was like, oh, he's gotten, he's come back around. Let me fucking come behind him while he's in the fetal and give him an old right hook right in there. No way. Yeah, it was a double. It you was a doubler. The, you got the double nutter? Yeah, I got the double nutter. And uh, I didn't pass out for that one, unfortunately. I just tried to scream, but like still, my balls were already in such pain, I couldn't like make any. Well, they were up in your throat and they were probably. Yeah, so I just made a noise. your vocal cords. Yeah, so you the, could the just... noise that came out was like, oh. Uh, like that, you know, or like maybe a little higher, like something like that. It was really terrible. But anywho, I'm a tough soldier. I'll get over it. I stayed on the ground for maybe like 45 minutes. That's it? Yeah, you know, reflecting on my life choices of how I ended up in the army playing a game where my balls end up in my throat. Yeah. And, um, but I had tickets to the, the USA Ghana game in Frankfurt that evening. And I was like, well, I'm not fucking going to miss that. So I went and bought a bunch of beer, started drinking that to like, Forget about the pain I'm feeling between my legs. And uh, I went to the, 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 the game where I also got my ass kicked by a Ghana fan with a drum. That's a different story. Wait, wait what? Yeah, Ghana won. Bunch of pussies that kept doing like falls and we kept getting cards. So when they won at the very end, there was this Ghana guy with a drum and he's like, dink, 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 dink. Smiling, playing his I'm drum. I'm drunk. My nuts hurt. I was pissed. I'm like, no way you're going to disrespect America. Greatest fucking land ever. Walked up to him, grabbed his drum, threw it on the ground, threw up the middle finger in his face and was like, fuck you. This dude calmly, like, that's the difference between Americans and, like, other people of the world. Some of them don't act as irrational as we do. Yes. But he calmly looked at me, picked up his drum, and I was like, oh, he's going to walk away because he's, he's, he's from Ghana. And, like, he's, he's not going to fight. Like, ah, fucking Ghana. What are they known for? He threw this drum at me and hit me in the head with it, which, you know, it, you know, it knocked me back. But the next thing I know, he's on top of me, smashing me in the head with this fucking drum. And it's, by the way, going dink, dink, dink <laughs> every time it hit me. Every time. I didn't win that fight. <laughs> and I, I blame it on the booze. And um, so, you know, quit, speed it up. The rest of the day went fine. I went to bed. So did you have to get medical treatment after you got your ass I, handed to you by the Ghana soccer fan? No, I know. I just had like a busted nose and, and like a bunch of like cuts from like the metal rim of the drum hitting yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I was, I was still mostly concerned about my testicles. Right. But I went to bed. Yes. And the next morning I woke up at like 6 a.m., and I couldn't sit up. I was like, this, like, I can't sit up. It's just way too fucking painful. So I fall out of bed. Like, you know, you do a roll to fall. Yeah, you roll. 
crawled on all fours to our community, you know, our common bathroom. If you've never been stationed in Germany, the army, imagine like 10 shitters in a row, no dividers. It's really nice. You all can just kind of like sit down and shit and communicate. It's like a good place for yeah, fellowship. Yeah, you know, you can play cards while you do it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good- Yeah, who brought know, the cribbage com- board? Camaraderie. Yes. Camaraderie. And I went into the bathroom and I remember the lights were off. So I like pull my pants down to pee and I could see like part of my, my tally whacker, but I can't see balls. So you can see the shaft, but not yeah. the twins. And I felt like I was peeing. It hurt, but I couldn't see pee either. Because, you know, you can normally see like the twinkle at least in the middle of the night. Yeah. So I like stop peeing. I hobble over. I turn the light on and I go back to my stall, which by the way, is there's no dividers other than like, I think it's like a two foot thing. And I look in the toilet, all blood. Just blood in the toilet. No way. And I was like, well, that's not good. <laughs> so I pull back the tally whacker. I look down and I have these two fucking watermelon size purple balls with like the brightest red veins you've ever seen in your life on there. And I was like, well, that's definitely not good. So are you married at this time? No. Okay. So you're single. Yes. Living in Germany. Yes. And your balls are the size of what? I. Literally, I'd say a baseball. Okay, so they're so they're big. They're the size of a yeah. baseball, tennis ball. Yeah, but extremely but it's swollen. Two of them. It's two of them in like a tube sock now because the weight right. has got my nuts down to my knees. So it doesn't look like a baby kangaroo coming out of its mama's pouch anymore. No, it's no. Like it's it looks like if you were trying to make a pizza crust and you just held it on your fist and it just dripped down all the way. Yeah, like it, it was it was pretty bad, and so I didn't know what to do. Like. It's the weekend. I can't go to my chain of command. They're not here. I don't want to go to my chain of command about this. So I thought the only thing I can do before I go to the emergency room is I'll call my mom. <laughs> and so I call, I call my mom. On Skype. On Skype. This is when, you know, Skype was a new thing back then. I call her on Skype and I go, Mom, I have to show you some shit. And she's like, what is it? I was like, before I, sh- I, tell- I show it to you, like, I need you to be cool with it. I'm like... I need to show you my balls. And she's like, Gary, how drunk are you right now? I was like, I'm not drunk at all, mom. It's 6 a.m. And I need to show you my nuts right fucking now. It's an emergency. <laughs> and she's like, fine, whatever. Like, she's so used to me being like, just stupid. And so I get down and I position my, my laptop with the camera like pointed right at my gooch area. And I've got my pants down and my legs up like they're in stirrups, you know? And I'm like, I pull back my dick, and my mom just goes, oh my fucking God, go to the hospital. And I was like, I don't even know where a hospital is. I'm in Germany. Do they even have hospitals here, Mom? Didn't you have one on base? Yeah, but it's not, it's like, it's a clinic. And it oh, okay, so it's a clinic, it's not like an ER. Yeah, no, okay. it's just a clinic. And of, of all times for my roommate, who was never around, to come in the room, he opens the door and all he sees is he knows my mom. He sees my mom on my laptop screen, like inches away from the screen, like looking in, getting real good detail of it. And I've got my legs up and my dick in my hand and my balls out. And he goes, are you fucking jerking it to your mom right now, bro? I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, dude. No, dude, look, I, I, seriously. And he's like running down the hall like private denari's jerking it to his mom everybody he's fucking sick and i'm so now i have to like what did he really do that yeah he really (laughs) did do that and so now i have to like tell people like no i'm not jerking to my mom my mom's a fucking nurse and i have this problem and they're like all right well what's the problem 
So I had I showed him my balls. Please tell me somebody came up and hit you in your balls again. No, no. Oh, okay. Thank God they did. But they all did that thing. Like, oh, Jesus, dude, put that shit away. <laughs> Someone calls my first sergeant. Oh, no. And it's like, Denardi needs to go to the hospital. He's got a problem. And then he's like, what? And he's like, his balls are like the size of softballs right now. And so the first sergeant comes in on his weekend. So, But he knows that this is like, he was... He was complicit in this happening to your nuts. Yes, he was yes. in on the on the bit. Yes, and so he came in and he was like, "I don't care what you do to fix it, Denari. I just want to see it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, like here you go. And I showed it to him, and he's like, "Hold on, I gotta call the commander." So he calls the commander. <laughs> And then the commander comes in, and the commander, you know, this dude's like went to West Point. He wears glasses. He speaks proper English. Like he is a straight edge dude. He's probably never seen another man's penis ever. Yeah. And so no one told him what he was coming in to see. They just told him like Denardi had an accident, and he might need to go to the emergency room, and he needs like a commander's uh, memorandum. And so he comes in, and he's like, "So what's the problem there, Private Denardi?" Like very calm. I was like, "Sir, I got kicked somewhere." And I think it's broke. <laughs> He's like, like a bone? I was like, it can be a bone sometimes. Yeah, some people call it a bone, and like, sir. Yeah, you know. And he's like, well, where is it? I was like, it's in my pants. And he's like, I'm not going to let you pull down your pants to show me your dick so you can win some bet, Private Denardi. I was like, sir, it's, it's bad. And he's like, fine, show it to me. This dude goes to church, by the way. He's, yeah. he's a good Christian man. Uh, and so I just like drop trowel and I pull my dick to the side, like, cause it's that big. It hides it. Not really. I just, you know, you pull it aside to give them the effect. Okay. Like, so they, all they yeah. see is the, yes. is the package. And he, in the most like calm voice goes, well, you should probably get that checked out. <laughs> <laughs> so he drove me nice enough. He drove me to the emergency room. And here's something that people, if they want to travel to Germany and do something stupid, Germans, become doctors at like 17 and they also don't believe in local anesthetic so they're all doogie housers they're all doogie housers and uh you know they believe that you know you should feel the pain of your mistakes when you make them what if it's an accident they probably make you know i i mean they just I guess don't you'd be more careful right because i got to the emergency room i showed this really nice german lady my nuts in a, in a room she's like okay so we just have to drain it <laughs> I was like, well, how the fuck do you do that? Do I pee it out? And she's like, oh, no, is it really just a little... Like, what was... What do you mean? She's like, we take the knife and we just cut down the line. There's no line. It's a sack. (laughs) Well, it kind of does have that little divider line down the middle. And that's what what apparently she meant. And uh, so I was like, okay... Are you going to, like, numb me up for it or whatever? She's like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, what do you mean, no? She's like... Sounds like me when I got my vasectomy. Yeah, she's just like, well, you know, we don't use anesthetic unless, you know, it's really important. I was like, it's my nuts, lady. Like, how much more important does it have to be? But anyway, she's like, well, I'll give you, I'll give you two minutes, and then I'll come back in and we do this. So I've got two minutes to prep. I'm like pacing back and forth, just like panicking, like, oh my God, this lady's about to take a knife to my balls with no anesthetic. And the door opens. I'm freaking out. It's my buddy Derek, the guy who originally soccer field goal kicked me. Oh, wow. Right? And he's like, hey, man, I heard about what happened. I'm really sorry. I just I'm came here to, to hold your hand. hand. He's like, you want me to stay in the room? I was like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, okay. 
This lady comes in. I've got my balls on a tray, like a metal tray. Seriously, on a tray. Yes, on a tray because it's got to connect, you know, collect all the the goop. Yes, if you will. And I've got my hands on my That's hips. That's the German word for it. It's goop. Yeah, it's a goop. It's a goop. It's a, it's a very good, y'all. <laughs> Number one. Um, John Wayne, the goop. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, and so she she comes in and she's like. Okay, so we, you ready to do this? That's my terrible German, by the way. It's better I than have, Dex's. It's okay. And uh, I was like, sure, fuck it, whatever. My eye of the tiger. I'm like staring her down. She picks up this, this little scalpel. And as she's about to go, my buddy Derek goes, wait, I have to record this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally ready for the first go around. But now that he like blew all my confidence, yeah. now I'm starting at nothing. He whips out his like camera because... It's 2000 and 2000 whatever. And, yeah, there's, yeah, there's not a camera phone. <clears throat> and uh, he starts recording. And this lady just, she sliced it right down the middle. No shit. I screamed like the highest pitched scream in the history of screams. And it was amazing because like it all just came flooding out onto this tray. And it was, it was like instant relief. Was it pus or blood or it was what was blood. it like? It was just tons. Just all blood? Tons and tons of blood. Like I'm pretty sure... All the blood in my body was in my Did you get dizzy ball. after they, you know, from the lack yeah, of... Yeah, well, no, but I, I got dizzy from, like, the From pant- her cutting your ball yeah. sack open, yeah. Like, you know, like, you. it was terrible. I just like to apologize to all the ladies listening right yeah. now. Yeah. I, uh, I got seven stitches down there to, like, close it back up, and then uh, I got 24 hours quarters, and then I had to do a PT test right afterwards. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um... When I got my vasectomy, I had something kind of similar. I mean, not my balls weren't the size of Texas when they did that, but the the doctor, the urologist that was performing my vasectomy. So if you've ever had a procedure done, any type of procedure where they numb you up, like when you go to the dentist, the dentist comes in, like my dentist is a guy named Ross. He's out at a, a Rio Rancho Modern Dentistry and, and uh, he'll give me a shot. And, you know, he's like, okay, we're going to numb you up. They take like a little swab and they stick it up there and leave it there for a minute. And then they take it out and then they come back and they give you a shot. And then, you know, three, four minutes later, they come back. How are you feeling? Are you numb? Do you need any more? And then they, you know, then they proceed. Yeah. When I got my vasectomy, it was kind of similar to what happened to you, except they did give me a shot. So the doctor came in. He's probably 75 to 80 years old. Right. He's okay. seen some shit. He's seen some shit. And probably World War One or something, <laughs> you know, I mean, World War II. Um, but you're sitting on this bed, on like an examination bed. And in to your right, there's the little table with their little setup, you know, with the needle and the scalpel and whatever fucking accoutrements they have. You know, the, the uh, what is it called? The... Uh, why can't I think of this? The cauterizer machine that they use. And uh, curling iron. Yeah, the curling iron that they use. And uh, he's like, all right. He's like, I'm going to give you a shot. It's going to hurt a little bit. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. So he's like, pull your knees up to your chest. So I'm sitting on this bed. My pants are off. There's a nurse standing next to him. And I pull my knees up to my chest. And I got my knees up here like this. And I'm holding my legs. By the way, he's actually holding yeah, his legs up. I'm actually holding my legs up. I'm, I want you to get the whole picture. So I'm sitting here like this, and I've got my eyes closed, and I feel the needle go in. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yep, that hurts. And he's like, okay, 
and he sets he sets the needle down and picks up the scalpel and cuts immediately. And I came off the table. He didn't wait. He literally, from the time the needle exited my ball sack, it was approximately two seconds before he picked up that needle and cut my balls open. Jesus. And I came off the table and he's like, you felt that? And I was like, yes, I felt that. Right. You know, and the nurse is like, let me hold your hand. <laughs> Please. I was like, stop what you're so doing. Let this, let this be a, a, a message to any of your listeners who deal with local anesthetics. This is America. We put people on the moon, man. Like, we've got anesthetics that can numb you. Just let them do their, like, give them time. Yeah, give it time. Like, you ever have a dentist who, like, gives you the shot and then five seconds later is, like, poking at you? Like, you feel that? You feel that? Dude, why didn't you just wait five minutes? Yeah, just give me a minute. Yeah. Go check on the guy you're doing. Yeah, right? Go hit on your, your assistant some more. Get out of here. <laughs> and why don't you brush your teeth? Why, why do dentists always have the worst teeth? You know, my dentists, all my dentists actually have good teeth. No. Well, I always have ones with like bad yeah. breath. And you're like, I had a dentist for years. His name was Fookley. I love the guy. He's a great guy. Um, but then I switched over to my other guy. And, and both of those guys had great teeth. Yeah. I mean, they're not, come on, they're not British. I had the same army dentist for six years in, at Carson. And this dude apparently makes poor life choices, but makes good money. And uh, Civilian only, or military? He's a civilian. Okay. And... Um, I only had to see him once a year, you know, just to make sure I'm still like, you know, my teeth are good to go. You don't to have go. mouth. You are in Colorado. Yeah, you Springs, still have so. teeth. You can go to war. And yeah. um, I, you know, I would see him only once a year. And the first time I went in, he's like, so, you know, how, how are things for you? Like, as if we knew each other. I was like, uh, they're good. And he's like, yeah, I'm going through a divorce. You know, I'm going to lose custody of my kids. Like, long story. Like, he spent the entire hour telling me about how much his life sucked. And I was like, at the very end of it, I comforted him. I was like, well... You know, keep your head up. Things will be better in the in the end. I saw him one year later. He's like, "How are things for you?" I was like, "I'm doing pretty good. Had my daughter was born." Blah blah blah. He's like, "Yeah, I'm going through a divorce." And I was like, "Weren't you going through a divorce last year?" He's like, "I got remarried, and now I'm going through another divorce." That dude got divorced three times while he was my dentist. Wow. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. So you and I were talking the other night. I mean, just back to the military stuffs. You were stationed in Germany. How far of a train ride is it from Germany to Amsterdam? Uh, 45 minutes. I mean, if you're on the west side of Germany, it's even 20 Closer, minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes? Okay. It doesn't take forever. What percentage of military servicemen that are stationed in Germany are high on drugs while they're in Germany? Would you, would you if you had to guess, okay. what is the percentage? Because okay. I'll, I'll be very... I'll be very frank and very honest. When I was in the military, when I was in the Navy, I got totally fucked and ended up stationed somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be stationed. I was supposed to be in Japan. I was supposed to be out seeing the world, and it never happened. I ended up in the butthole of California, in the San Joaquin Valley, in Lemoore, California, and it was terrible. Is there, and, is there an ocean there? No, they're fucking cotton fields and strawberry fields and watermelon and lettuce. And it's like an agricultural hub and they don't have any water. They're like stealing. The reason why California is in a drought is because of the San Joaquin Valley, just so you know. But regardless, there, there were times when I partook in things that I was not supposed to partake in. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Playing around with the devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce, maybe the devil's dust a little bit, you know. I mean, I did things I wasn't supposed to. I was very fortunate that I didn't get caught. 
Uh, it never affected my job, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like I was doing it at work. However, you and I have spoken, and you've told me some stories <laughs> about Germany. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever asked you the question, like, what percentage of people that were in your platoon mm -hmm. do you think were actively doing drugs? That's a really good question. Uh, before I answer that, I would just like to say that, you know, the United States military is comprised of probably like the best of the best, you know, America's finest, the one percenters, but they're still just people, you know, they still, sure. you know, do illicit things just like we all do. Like you could be the kind I mean, of hard yeah, when you Satan look in the world, but you're probably going to run a red light at some point because you want to. Sure. But so, but what I would say is uh, out of my platoon, which is about 50 people, I'd say about half. Really? Probably, yeah. About half, um, because Amsterdam is only three hours drive, and you know, if you own a car, which you can get, you can get a BMW 318i for a thousand euros. Um, you know, I would go to Amsterdam at least once a month for close to six years. While and I was you in stocked up while you were there, is that what you were doing? Yeah, well, you know, you don't always go to like bring back stuff because that'd be stupid, like. If you go to like you have people mule it over for right, you. yes, right. Like <laughs> let's be smart here, and uh, no, I usually go to Amsterdam to you know enjoy the coffee shops or do whatever. Occasionally, I do uh, other drugs, and by occasion, I mean every time. Um, <laughs> but uh, red light. Well, how it always goes is someone you, you try not to tell anyone you're going to Amsterdam. You know, right? They're like people, you know, start coming. And up. And you to don't you have like, a passport that they can check. Yeah, you don't you have yeah. your military ID. Yeah, you have a military ID. Your passport. Yeah, that is your passport. No one's scanning it or anything like that and you know you try to sneak out the barracks to your car and there's always one person's like where are you going and you're like uh i'm, going, I'm going to bavaria you're not going to nuremberg you're going to amsterdam you have a thousand euros in your pocket you lying sack of shit <laughs> and then the next thing you know you have 20 people come up to you going oh you're going to amsterdam can you bring me back some lsd and you're like oh come on nothing's better for a soul service member infantry dude with ptsd than lsd but sure why not give me your cash <laughs> <laughs> like I, i'm a people person what can i say um so yeah you you, so is that all legal in Amsterdam? Like, what's legal in Amsterdam? Uh, marijuana is legal. Mushrooms are legal. Everything else is illegal to buy. It's not illegal to consume. So that's the trick. Do they have undercover police like we do in the United States? They have, like, dudes in, like, khaki, sh khaki jeans and a nice tucked-in collared Polaroid shirt who come up to you and go, Hi, sir. Do you know that that is illegal and you can't do that here? What? I did not know that, officer. Thank you very much. And he's like, well, have a good day. No shit. Yeah. Like oh. when you, when they, like someone's like ODing or whatever, or having like a crazy trip and trying to like swim in the shit infested canals. Yeah. They just help you get you out of it and then wait around with you until you come down. So you have like a, a drug buddy that helps yeah, you. Yeah. He's just a guy hanging out like, it'll be all right. Guys are like rubbing crying, your back. Yeah, and I wanted Coca-Cola and then it started raining Coca-Cola and they hurt. And, ah. Like, it's okay. The Coca-Cola is not going to hurt you anymore. But, uh. So yeah, it's a, it's a little different, but if you're if you're caught actually buying it, they would arrest you. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know that you just go to the souvenir shops, you can buy you know mushrooms, and there they, it's a it's a it's a business there, and uh, when you walk in, there's a chart from like green to red, just like when you went you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, mm -hmm. and it's telling you the hot hotness. Yeah. So that like even if you're an idiot, they've warned you of how hot it's going to be. Yes. Same thing with shrooms over there. It's a okay. chart. 
And um, so you just go middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want to start there. They don't let you go to like Hawaiians like right off the bat. What are Hawaiians? They're they're like uh, a really really strong mushroom psychedelic. These are the ones that you know you hear about people jumping off the fifth story of a building because they think they can fly, and uh, they can't. And uh, what no, they can do is break every bone when they hit the ground and have their butthole go through their face. Yeah. Um, but uh, they don't let you do that. Like if you're a first timer, they, uh, you know, but you just like, oh, of course I've done, sh- I do shrooms all the time. But, um, but what I will say is our, our, our sister battalion, ninth engineers, I was in the infantry battalion in, in the brigade. They had the largest drug bust in the army there. While I was there, there was this, uh, in Germany, in Germany. Yeah. It was yeah. a specialist Griffin. And, this should tell you how often we did barracks checks, but when they finally, uh, CID and the MPs busted in on this dude in his barracks room, they found something like like over a half a million dollars in drugs. He had like 10,000 books. Now, a book is like a thousand hits of LSD, you know? Right. He had 10,000 books of LSD, something like... 250,000 ecstasy pills, like insane amount of drugs. So like it, it's a rampant thing in Germany and it is a problem, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Guess so. That's when I found out I like apple juice. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I, and you do ecstasy for the first time and you're like, someone hands you apple juice. You're like, this is the greatest shit I've ever had. What the fuck is it? And they're like, it's apple juice. You're like, no, it can't be apple juice. Apple juice tastes <laughs> like shit, man. They're like, no, it's apple juice. You're just really high. <laughs> God. Uh, that reminds me of that uh, Aziz and Sorry Azari show. He's uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was, it's on Netflix. It's like the very first episode, and he uh, he's with this girl, and they hook up, and they have sex, and and she's like, I have to go get a morning after pill, and he's like, Okay, I'll I'll, I'll go with you. Let's go, you know. And uh, they go to like this little bodega or drugstore or whatever, you know, in New York, and it's it's late at night. And and uh, what's that apple juice called in the little plastic container? It's like the little round thing. It's like a brand name or something. Oh, I have no idea. I can't remember what it's called. Mots. And, and he's like, it's, it's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, hey, have you ever had a Mots? He's like, these are amazing. You should try one of these. And they're like, here's your morning after pills, sir. <laughs> it's kind of ironic I, uh, and funny. One time. I, someone had given me some pills that they had led me on to believe was ecstasy, but it was Suboxone. Oh, no. Right? And I don't know the difference. I was rook back in those days. Yeah. I'm still a rook. Um, but uh, it was, I was on leave and Lisa had come to visit. And Lisa's his wife. Lisa's my wife, who's hopefully not going to ever want, listen to this or she'll kill me. And um, we were at a party and one of our, my friends was like, oh, you two are so in love. What are you going to do later? And we were like, fuck, we're going to go have sex. We haven't seen each other in a year. And he's like, oh, you should take these. It'll make it way better. And I was like, ecstasy? Duh. Like, that's got it. Yeah. Went back to my mom's house. Oh, no. And, uh, we, you know, I took it, clunk. We wait like 45 minutes. She's like, you feel anything? I was like, no. Hour. Did you feel anything? I feel like I have a migraine. <laughs> and she's like, so nothing like really good. The next second, I literally was just puking everywhere, like exorcism, puking, <laughs> like 360 spiraling it all over Lisa, all over my mom's bed, her curtains, everywhere. And then I just started shitting myself. And it turns out after 27 hours of puking and shitting and crying a lot yeah. that if you don't, 
actually, if you're not a heroin user, you don't have the receptors in your brain. Yeah. And so Suboxone doesn't work like it should. And then, I, yeah, I went and talked to my buddy and I was like, what the hell did you give me? Because that wasn't ecstasy. He's like, ecstasy, bro. I'm a heroin addict. That's... That's the box then. You should never have taken that. But you gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, I was drunk. Like, don't do drugs, people. Uh, yeah, don't do drugs. Be smart. Unless you have a medical marijuana card. And you need, if you do, you need to go to Pure Life. Yeah. And go see those guys over yeah, there. Yeah, they're, they're great people. Great people. All right. Well, um, I don't know when Dex is coming back, but I think we should probably do this again in a couple of days. I want to continue with the military stories. You know, the stories of dumb shit that we did in the military. Yeah. We were talking about um, a guy that you uh, was in your platoon, and we'll just kind of tease this for now. But apparently, this young man was very well endowed, and oh, he God. was Jared he was, Taylor. He was kind of dumb, yeah. and he was like a dumb, dumb hillbilly. It, he could have entered that thing in the county fair, <laughs> and he would have won first prize for like. And, the, and you know, the only reason hog. we know this, people, is because we, as military members. You have to use the bathroom around each other. You have to shower with each other, you know, in the same facilities a lot of the times. And there aren't, you know, you don't have privacy. It's not, right. it's not something where you have privacy. And, no, yeah, there's and, not. you know, you, you, you know each other. Everyone knows everyone's On business. a deeper level. Yeah. yeah. You know everybody's so business. Real deep. So. <laughs> and, and also, like the don't, don't think less of us, if you're listening to this, this episode, don't think less of Aaron. You know, he's like... You know, you're, you've been helping me out, like finding me like little knickknack jobs to do and to not be bored. And then this one you have right now, I always ask these people, like, how do you know Aaron? Because I'm very interested because you know. See, he calls me Aaron. Every, you guys all call me Buck. Oh, and that's, sorry. that's, it's okay. It's fine. That's. I shouldn't use his real that's name. That's the You'll dichotomy. Of, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But anyway, continue. Yeah, uh, you know, I always ask because I'm interested because you, you generally know like a lot of people and I yes, know like I seven in my entire life. And so I asked her and she was telling me, you know, how you guys met. And it just like, you know, you're everything. We met at Narcotics Anonymous. Right. And yeah. you helped, you know, you helped her out. You, yeah. you helped her get her a place. And then like you've checked in on her while she was going through school, like all these things. And it's just like, I can't, like, I want to be mad at you when you suck at Call of Duty. And then I remember that like these things, I'm like, Aaron's actually just a really good fucking guy. Meanwhile, I'm over here like kicking doors into my kid's face by accident. That was an accident. Gary accidentally hurt his... His uh, youngest son. Uh, actually, you know, a funny story about that. So, <clears throat> oh, I didn't even talk about the Alaska trip. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, part of the reason why podcasts weren't being recorded was, um, you know, I was super busy with work. But then I also had this opportunity to do that Alaska trip. So we ended up going to Alaska. And the very last day that I was up there, we were halibut fishing. Mm -hmm. So we took a pause from crabbing for Dungeness crab and catching salmon. And we went on a halibut boat and, uh, we have a very, sm uh, a small group of us. There are four of us that all play call of duty together. Myself, Jeff, you and Tony. And, um, we always talk to each other in a group text. And so it's the last day that we're out there. And at this point I'm like totally decompressed. Like I, I haven't been able to unplug like this in a decade. Yeah. Like he, he came back like Gandhi. Like, yeah. Like he was a spiritual leader. Spiritually and mentally, man. I'm like sharp. I'm physically, I'm, I'm super tired because the sun never fucking goes down in Alaska. I mean, it's always like, it's always light, but, uh, you know, I'm like super sharp and, 
and I'm very decompressed. And the last day that we're there, it's the Friday before we're leaving. And I think it's probably one, two o'clock in the afternoon. And we're on this halibut boat and we're in Southeast Alaska. So if you guys want to map this and just pull this up. So what we did was we flew from Seattle to a place called Ketchikan. And then from Ketchikan, we took a ferry three hours to Hollis, Alaska. And then from Hollis, we took a two hour drive to our fish camp, the 153 fish camp. And so it was remote. It's very remote, right? We don't have cell service out there. The only place you can get Wi-Fi if you have to have something is over at the library. You have to take a boat to the library, dock the boat, get out, walk up, go stand next to the library, you know, to catch a Wi-Fi signal, like if you have to do something. So I was purposely not doing that stuff. We're on a halibut boat in the middle of fucking nowhere. I mean, this place that we're at, we're on Prince of Wales Island. That's what it's called, Prince of Wales Island. And it's, it's comprised of just like hundreds of little tiny islands everywhere. There are no towns. There are no villages. There are no businesses, no oil rigs, nothing like that. There's nothing out there. And we're fishing for halibut. And we pick up anchor. And we start going to our next spot. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what aligned. But I got a full... 3G signal on my phone. I had my phone with me to take photographs of the fish and messages just start, but bing, but bing, but bing, just start coming in, coming in, coming in. And then I see a photograph pop up and I was like, what is that? And I'm purposely like trying not to look at this stuff because I don't want it to fuck up what's going on in my brain. Like, okay, I'm decompressing. I'm okay. I'll deal with whatever when I come back. And I see a picture of your son Samuel sitting on your lap and he looks like he just went three rounds with Daniel Cormier or somebody yeah. in the UFC. I mean, his face is fucked up. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I, I think, I don't know if I sent you a text message back. You did. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, he, uh, yeah, he, I guess you were coming out of your shed or something. Yes. And yeah, I was, I was coming out of my shed. Uh, I was carrying like, uh, saw horses mm-hmm. in my hands and I had to like step over some tools. Like I don't keep a very clean shed. Anyone that knows me knows I'm really good at building things, but I'm not good at like putting anything away. Yeah. And, uh, I was like stepping over something and the door had closed to, and so I like kicked it. I just kicked it to kick it open while holding these, uh, saw horses and this thing swung and it's like a 70 pound door. Yeah, it's, it just swung, yeah. and like I can't describe the noise it made when it hit my son's face, but it was like a mixture of a crunch and then like pounding like mashed potatoes with your fist. Like it was like a squish and a crunch, and never in my life has like my heart dropped. I'm really good with trauma. I used to be in the army. I was an infantryman. Trauma is like I'm very calm, but. I come around the corner and my son's nose is like sideways. He's got blood all over his face and he's screaming, like immediately picked him up. I'm already like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Like I just killed my kid or, yeah. or like I did some permanent damage. Got him in the bathroom. I wiped his face with a towel and his lip had split all the way from inside the bottom all the way up into his nostril and just open. And I mean, I'd spent seven hours in the emergency room at, at Presbyterian with them. And, you know, I do give them credit for, you know, fixing it. And, and, you know, he's completely fine now. He's completely healed. 
But I mean, it took three hours for them to give him Tylenol and the whole time. Like, like we're, we're getting that Tylenol. It's like, like, are you make it? Did you have to go to the Tylenol farm and like milk the Tylenol <laughs> Dude, cow? Man, like, what I'm, the hell is this, man? <clears throat> yeah. And that will segue into another day where we can talk about COVID when we finally want it. But like the reason, like my son had to wait so long to even just get Tylenol was because, you know, all these elderly people were like, uh, I've, I've got like a lump under my elbow. I think it's COVID. And then like, there's a whole procedure and whatever stuff. But you know, he got five stitches to fix up his lip. Um, his face was swollen, like in just, you know, just huge mass. But luckily enough, uh, his nose healed just fine. His lips healed. So he didn't have fine. to have surgery on his He didn't nose. have to have surgery. It was very traumatic. I had to hold him down, you know, while they stitched his face. They gave him ketamine. I was a little jealous. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I didn't want to be in his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he's, he's good, yeah. Yeah, you've always been pretty even keel about stuff. Like, you showed up over here after Sophie had that seizure. And I'm sure you could tell by the look on my face. Yes, like, I know. was I was like... You Not had okay. yeah. You had the look of of a parent who is he can't do anything yeah. to help their child and yeah. like, you know it's 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 we you know many parents people listening you you know you've been there in that scenario and you just feel helpless even though you know kind of what you need to do yeah you still feel a panic and a helplessness and I mean I mean I was then when he finally fell asleep in the hospital. And like, we were still waiting for them to come in and stitch his face. Like I was just crying. Yeah. Like nothing, like I've lost buddies before. Never cried. I've seen tons of trauma. I've had relatives, uncles die, grandparents, never cried. Yeah. I, and this is the first time in my life, like I legitimately could not help my kid. And like, it's just too much. And it, you know, the same thing when, when Sophie had her incident. Yeah. But you know, I tried to show up and be like the only, the best thing you can do is just be calm for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. Well, that's going to do it for today. We're going to have more stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to interview this guy. His name is Sigs. He is a new musician guy, and he was discovered by, uh, I think it was the dude uh, Ashba from 6AM. Oh, cool. So he's got connections to like Nikki 6 or 6AM or something like that. And a buddy of mine asked me if we would interview this guy. So we're going to talk to him. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'll set that up while Dex is still out of town. You and I can do that or whatever. Uh, but we will have more episodes. You guys make sure to subscribe to this. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. Bye-bye. See you later. Hey, Jeff, fuck off. Yeah, you suck. That's all we got. There ain't no more. Time is tight. It's the end of the show.